Welcome to the seventh episode of the Double Dribbling Podcast. My name is Lennox Stewart, and today I'll be your host and one and only. Um, today is going to be our first solo episode of the podcast. So um, today I have to talk about is the backlash coming from the season uh, start date, which is very interesting. Um, small ball effectiveness last season, how effective it will be this season. And also a couple more things, talking trades, um, rumors, and stuff like that. And um, yeah, what what's next season's setup going to be like? Is there going to be multiple bubbles? Is there going to be this and that? So I'll get to talking to that real quick here. All right, so let's. Uh, I'm going to talk directly about the backlash coming from the season start date. So what I've been hearing around the league and from journalists and writers is that. Um, it's too soon. And a lot of people think it's too soon just because of how um, soon it is from the end of the postseason. And I, I get it. I agree that it is to a point very, very early. And there's not a whole lot of time for um, these big names, LeBron, AD, and the rest of the, of the teams that have um, made a deep playoff run to necessarily get healthy and kind of rejuvenate their bodies and get get better as well as um getting some time off and uh i i agree with it to a certain point but i don't see it as um not that big of a deal but i see it as a, a situation to where if we postpone it even longer the the teams who didn't make the playoffs will literally not we literally haven't played basketball for almost an entire year. That's just crazy. That's ridiculous. So I, I personally agree with the start date because obviously I like basketball and I'm a big fan of basketball. And I think that this um, new start date will um, be better for the majority of the teams that either didn't make the playoffs or didn't make a deep playoff run or the ones that did make it there. But um, I, I don't think it's as rushed as people are saying. And I think that um, if we do kind of do this back-to-back uh, formula that I think that will happen with the free agency, the draft, and um, obviously the start will be very good for um, money-wise for the NBA because, you know, they lost a lot of money. Like many other sports um, administrations, that it will be um, it will be smart, and I think it'll work well. I don't think... Um, LeBron and AD and big names like that are going to play when it starts, but I think it's worth it for the season to start at this time because of the, the money wise and the, the, the fans, I think they should do it for the fans. And I, I completely agree with what their, what their start date is right now and how everything's lined up, even though I do think it should be kind of back to back with um, 
free agency draft and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, also viewers, um, I might struggle a little bit here and there just because it's our first solo episode and I've never done this before. So um, give you some slack. Uh, there will be more of these, but um, yeah, first time, first try. Let's let's get into it. Um, besides that, I want to go deep in, uh, into um, small ball effectiveness from last season to this season. So we saw um, a low majority of teams playing small ball in the regular season and um, it actually working out. So obviously we have the Rockets notorious for running small ball um, starting lineups and small ball uh, defense and all this stuff. And it, it worked out to a point. They, they, they're not a bad team, but I see um, it as a niche market still. I don't see small ball as this crazy effective um secret entity that is um polluting the nba i don't see it as this this super secret um thing that is kind of needs to be tapped into by every team i think it is a very effective um strategy to not be used the entire game but to be used certain um quarters when you when a coach either sees that it will work well by pushing the pace or if they really need a big strong push of offense they can um they can really lunge into this idea of small ball wh whether they have the clientele or not but um th we saw in the postseason that it really didn't work against um just better more solidified matchups like we saw with the rockets and the lakers that it just didn't work because if every player on the opposite team is bigger than your starting five, you will lose that game just because of versatility, um, the adjustments that they make and uh, like them playing small ball is still bigger than the Rockets playing small ball just because of the clientele that they have. And you'll get beat every time on that. So the change in delineation between regular season and postseason is that uh, if the, the postseason is more focused on coaching, as we all know, and it's more focused on making adjustments mid-game and mid-matchup because of these seven-game series. So if you run small ball the entire time and your team is based off a of small ball, you need to perfect that small ball in order to be prepared to go against a very large team such as LA. Uh, Lakers, I'm saying, not the Clippers. But um, I, I don't see it as a... a uh, as I just said, this uh, secret entity that uh, every team needs to use because every team is different, as we've seen. And I think um, if, like we saw with the Celtics, um, using small ball at certain times, putting Grant Williams in and, at, at center and then kind of pushing the, the tempo, it worked, but you can't run that the entire game because of the unbalance that it adds to the defensive um, reliance like Grant Williams can guard all five but can he do that for an entire game I don't think so so the the situation that comes up is that it is just not effective as people think it is and it cannot be run long term as we've seen with Houston Houston cannot get past the either second round or final conference finals or 
first round of the playoffs because of their lineup. It's not because of their poor lack of coaching, which they didn't have. It's not because of the pollution that um, James Harden and Russell Westbrook have. It's because of their core setup is not made to go to the finals. Now we saw with the Miami Heat that they had a quote unquote small ball lineup because of Bam, but Bam was much more versatile. He had the hops. He had um, the lateral quickness that uh, I don't think PJ Tucker necessarily has, unless I'm getting his uh, name mixed up with um, their actual center, Eric Gordon, who's their small for No, PJ Tucker. So I don't think it's necessarily small ball and the fact that it's just it's what Boston's doing with their small center and ties ties is not a giant man but he can guard a traditional five such as bam bam can lock down um Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid in certain moments and it can be effective and it doesn't necessarily have to move to direct small ball where it's all focused on offense so what Houston is doing is very um, offensive oriented, as we know, but it's not sustainable. And I think um, Mike D'Antoni, him leaving is a sign that um, sustainability is a really hard thing to uh, change. And it's a really hard thing to just come up with as a program, because if it's just not working year after year and you keep on doing the same thing, that's the definition of insanity is that you're just repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And that's not going to work out in the long term. So, um, yeah, that's all I have to say about small ball, but I'm going to invite Austin right now because he has just woken up and he's going to join the podcast now. So give me a second here. Now, uh, it's no longer a solo episode. Voila. Uh, Austin has beamed himself in from heaven, and he is now present for the Double Dribble podcast. And just to remind him, it is episode seven. Um, we are talking, uh, well, we, me, I was talking <laughs> backlash um, from the season start date, which I will talk about a little bit more. And then I was also talking about small ball effectiveness in um, the previous season and how it's going to work next season. So just to catch you up, um, so there's been some backlash. I think I've told you about this before, about um, 
the season start date and how it'll affect the players and then everybody surrounding the players as in coaching staff and then um, everybody who works in the NBA. So um, do you think that it's going to be a real problem if the season starts when it does, which is, I think, December, December 22nd? 22nd. So I've already seen something that the Lakers are not happy with it. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I kind of get it because all the playoffs teams kind of had to like play all out and now you give them like, like a month or two and then, okay, they're like, okay, get back. Yeah. Go back to playing the way you were. Well, you had those other teams that didn't make the playoffs who had time to relax, mm-hmm. but probably was still practicing. So I could see that being kind of a problem. Well, I also saw, I don't know if this is true or not. LeBron said if the season starts when it does, he's going to sit out a month. Well, actually, that was um, Danny Green going on a, on a talk show saying that that would be LeBron's answer to this. LeBron didn't say that, but it was Danny okay. Green doing. I just something. saw it somewhere. Danny Green's about to get traded. I'm just going to say that now. I know Danny he is. We... And he's talking bad about what LeBron would do. Like, I don't think that's going to be good for uh, Danny Green long term if he talk starts talking about LeBron and stuff. And Kuzma, which I think he's going to get traded anyways. At least he doesn't talk bad about his teammates behind his back. Yeah, well, I, my dad said something interesting. I said, well, Kuz is going to get traded first. And he said, well, it's not because he's necessarily a bad player, which he's not great. But it's because he has more value than Danny Green. Because Danny Green, I don't see him having any value to like for big trades because he yeah, did come if you from look at like Toronto, Danny Green and Laker Danny Green. Completely different people. Yeah. It's like it's a complete different world from Danny Green who came from Toronto and actually somewhat made a big impact. And then now Danny Green just bricking everything, kind of being a detriment to the team in crucial moments. So aside from Danny Green, um I wanted to talk uh yeah, so the start date is kind of iffy because it all depends on the Rona and all depends on what's going to happen with that. But if right. everything goes to plan and um, it starts at that date, um, I don't think I, I said this before you joined. I don't think this is going to be that crazy of a thing. I think it's going to uh, affect. Um, I think they're just going to suck it up, though. They're like, OK, whatever. Yeah. But um. Sorry, that was my dad. Uh, I think it's, yeah, they're just going to suck it up. Like you said, it's not going to be that big of a deal. They might sit out for the first couple of games, but it's not going to be anything crazy. It's not going to affect the entire league unless LeBron is vehemently against it and he talks to owners and goes crazy. But I highly doubt that. Right. So um, the next thing is small ball affecting this. Now I talked um, about briefly about uh, Houston and their situation, how um, I was, my idea about it was that it wasn't um, consistent. It wasn't, it wasn't sustainable towards the playoffs because of the small ball mentality where you got PJ Tucker or who, who's, uh, who's Houston center, PJ Tucker, I think. Yeah. Yeah. PJ so Tucker. Having PJ Tucker in is people correlate that to Bam in the heat. But Bam is more like, I think, ties on the Celtics because Bam can lock down a, a five, like a traditional big man five, through an entire game, through an entire series. Right. He can do that. And he's athletic enough to maybe guard all five positions to a point. 
and he um, can sort of overcome being small because he's not he's more athletic than you think he is and he's more athletic than <laughs> pj tucker yeah, so PJ uh tucker. it's it's more effective and i don't think uh houston can sustain what they have and we've seen it they they have not made it to the finals they have not done any of that because i don't like i said this before is because i don't think westbrook and harden are necessarily the big issue they are an issue that is an issue but I don't think it's the reason why they can't make the finals. I think it's the reason why they won't win a championship, but I don't think it's the reason they can't make the finals because I think their their structure of small ball through the entire season, through the entire playoffs, not having a center at all is the problem. What do you think? Yeah, and you can also say the same thing a little bit about the Celtics because they had Daniel Tice, who isn't the tallest. True. But he's also consistent. You need the consistent center who can get rebounds and keep you in the game. Like, because yeah. if you don't have that lockdown defensive center or like someone who is at least consistent, like PJ Tucker, we know is not consistent. Yeah, he can't guard the big five the entire time. Okay. Like, Daniel Tice can guard a big five. Like, if you watch him on Anthony Davis, if you watched him, it was just. Yeah, it just Anthony doesn't Davis work. Destroying him. He can guard him on the perimeter, but yeah. he can't do it on the inside every single time they go down. So um, I was saying how uh, how um, the the Celtics have an interesting move where they put um, Grant Williams in, who's uh, who's can guard all five positions. He's much smaller, but that is kind of the way to go where you have that substitute who can put your team into a small ball position and like actually be effective with it, but it's only for short, short sprints out of a game or out of a series to where Houston just does it all the time, every time, and it doesn't work. So I think um, more, more teams, and this is where I get into like the, this upcoming season's perspective is that more teams will get into that mindset where they have that backup who can put them into small ball for a little bit, and then they can back out of it instead of consistent small ball lineups that will be used through the entire season. So um, next I have, um, going back to the premise of are players going to be really that tired come next season? Like, let's let's talk um, players who made a deep playoff run. And I'm talking uh, Western, Eastern Conference Finals, and then the Finals. So that will be, uh, what was the it, Celtics, the Nuggets? The Heat, yep. the Nuggets, and the Lakers. Yep. So uh, Honestly... They're conditioned to the way that I think they're not going to be tired. Yeah. Like, okay, everybody gets tired at some point, but they're not going to be tired. Like yeah. LeBron and them, they're not making a – they shouldn't make such a big deal about it because you're still getting like two months mm-hmm. basically to rest. Yeah, I don't so think I don't it's think Yeah, I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. It's nothing – I don't think it's going to be detrimental to their games long term. And I think that's that people are saying that is kind of just weird because it like people can stay in shape all year long. It, it's going to be rough on their bodies, maybe long, 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 long term, but it's not like they're playing basketball through the entire year. They still had some time off. They still had this um, chunk of free time where they could like we're we're not even talking like they still have to do their training facilities and all that stuff because they know that their players will get out of shape for a little bit. They'll just relax. 
So it's not like they're not getting any time to relax. It's not like they're in training programs right now. So, right. um, yeah. Uh, next, uh, I saw something interesting on Twitter from a reliable source that said the Hawks are looking to trade their pick to get a solid, um, quote unquote, veteran or uh, a playoff player who can take them to the playoffs. And I thought that was Rumorville. I, yep. Let's go on down to Rumorville. I thought that was really weird and interesting. So um, what do you think about that? Do you think they can do it? And do you think they can um, get somebody? They're going to trade their pick though. That's what they want to do. Which honestly at this point, the Hawks should do. Cause if you look at their starting lineup and bench, it's all picks. Mm -hmm. Like you have Capella in there, but then other than that, it's basically all the picks they've had in the past couple of years yeah they're they're doing something that i think the knicks should do is that they are just focused on, they were focused on picks for so long and they got this young core but now it's time to branch out and look for someone in free agency or to trade for someone um most likely free agency because they can't really trade because they don't they don't have a great uh ton of players but um right yeah i i think it's i think it's a good move i just don't think they can get anybody who like who who could they possibly get who's gonna really bump up their team to the playoff status because they suck they are real bad they're on nick's tier of bad i don't so how um, are they gonna make the playoffs and who who can bring that much to them because i'm not i don't you have trey young i'm not saying they need a crazy a crazy bump because they have trey young and they have a good core and i just got beat by them in 2k but (laughs) i i don't think they can get even that small piece. Like who, first of all, who wants to go to the Hawks and who he, he ain't Steph. He can't like recruit players. Like he just doesn't do that. He can't recruit yeah, KD. Not... Like, I don't, I don't know who they're going to get. Who, who could they get? That is like very, I don't know who would want to go there. Like, well, I, I, got... I kind of see, but this is Russell Westbrook. Hmm. But they already have Trey Young, so like true. And Russ wouldn't want to leave Harden. The whole reason why he went to Houston is to be play with his best bud Harden. So um I I just thought maybe it would be um Bradley Beal or John Wall, one of those. Someone someone who's Ooh, like pissed Bradley off. Bradley Beal team. could actually be a good one for them. Exactly. So who someone who's on a crappy team such as <laughs> Bradley Beal or John Wall, who um, who doesn't John see Wall, any? No, no, but Bradley Beal, um, who doesn't, who wants out, and who is willing to not doesn't necessarily need to go to a championship team to be happy. So I think Bradley Beal could be that person who could make a weird kind of push to go to the Hawks and put him in the playoffs. Because when was the last time the Wizards made the playoffs? Bro? Uh, probably actually a couple of years ago. Yeah, but did they go anywhere? No. Could the exactly. Hawks possibly go to the second round? Whoa, they possibly could. Maybe. Iffy. Probably. Maybe. Yeah, because the East is pretty... So they could actually possibly make it to the second round, then get swept. So I think um, if Bradley Beal goes, that would be really interesting. I'm not sure of anybody else who is of that tier of player who just desperately hates their their team besides um maybe Joel Embiid 
but I, I, I don't think they're going to break I up mean, that Simmons honestly, and B. I could see the Sixers getting rid of Simmons, but not Embiid. Really? Why? Yeah. Because I feel like Embiid's already established that good player, and I know he's not a leader. I know he's not that much better than Simmons, but I feel like that Simmons is just so hard to work with as a point guard. Hmm. Well, they did move him to small forward for a little bit, or power forward. When they moved and then they moved him back. True. It was, I, it's a uh, mess. It is a mess, and I think that's weird. Maybe he just desperately wants to be point guard, but he's just not built. He needs to learn guard. to shoot. True. Um, I kind of agree with you on them for first trading Simmons instead of Embiid, but I, I, if I was in that position, or they I'd... can trade Tobias Harris or Al Horford. Oh, they're gonna get rid of Al Horford as soon as they can, but um, they're not gonna get yeah. rid of Tobias Harris because he's actually good for them. Um, uh, it's hard because I I get rid of Embiid just not because he's not as good as uh, Simmons. I think he's better than Simmons, but it's he doesn't want to be there. Embiid could be a lot, yeah, locker room cancer. Too. He he can be a cancer. I don't think he is, but. He doesn't want to be there, and he's very streaky with his play. What are you doing? I'm trying to get my jersey. Oh, my goodness. This man is just falling apart on the podcast. He's tumbling over a couch right now. He's He is struggling. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, um, yeah, I'd, I'd get rid of Embiid before Simmons just because of his mentality. And how he runs things. Um, I don't know how we got started talking about 76ers, but the 76ers are horrible. Um, I don't like the 76ers. <laughs> and I hope they just. Well, you're a Celtics fan. I don't expect you. Oh, yeah. But I just hope they crash and burn forever and ever. Anyway, um, yeah. Speaking of next season, uh, which is what we do all the time, is. Uh, do you what do you think the setup might be for the season next uh the season next season um do you think it's gonna be a multi-bubble kind of thing in different areas of the country Uh, okay Um, do you you think it's gonna be that one bubble setup which i don't think it is do you think they're gonna go into the arenas and just kind of do what um what baseball and football do where they just deal with it and power through the the cases (laughs) like what what's the deal well, I feel like we'll have more knowledge by then of the whole testing, and they'll see. They'll probably look at their scenarios and look, see. Okay, let's see how the NFL did. Let's see how the. Yeah. But I feel like it, what they could do, which could be hard, that the East and West wouldn't play each other. If you split the East and the West mm-hmm. into two different bubbles, maybe. You could pull that off, but uh, honestly, I think they should just not bubble. Really? Why? No fans, though. No fans at the games. Uh, but I want to go to a game. <laughs> Bruh. Um, yeah, I get it. it. If they, it's just, it's hard because it's the travel, too. The travel is and it's really an inside what... arena, too. I mean, it's enclosed. Yeah. Like it's unlike football and baseball. Where it's an arena. It's outdoors. But the travel is really what hurt football. It's not that there were fans there. Well, there were fans there and that was an issue. But the the trouble was the traveling. So 
I think, like you said, by the time they get there, it's going to be more fleshed out. It's going to be more understood. But I, I think they're going to, they're not going to spend the money like they did on the bubble again because of how much that cost. <laughs> like to one, keep all those players there. Two, to house them and do all that stuff. And three, to make an entire new system around them. I don't think they're going to do that again. I think they're going to do the no fans for a while. Not forever, for a while. And kind of um, just try and roll with it. I don't think they're going to go all in like football did, where they just like, oh, yeah, one team didn't like... get it. Uh, let's just postpone them. Like, I don't think they're going to do that because they can't because of how many games there are. But um, I think it'll be interesting. Okay. Um, football is, it's interesting. Football is the only sport that didn't lose any money out of this. Huh. Well, they did lose money because they didn't have fans. As many fans. But, like, but in terms of millions and millions of dollars, no, they did not lose as yeah. much. Well, that's because they, well, because it's football. Yeah. In, in America, football is life. <laughs> exactly. So I don't think um, the fact that they didn't quote unquote lose any money. Is, came with a lot of risk because a lot of players got the Rona and that is not good. Um, a lot of issues came out of that. Um, yeah, I don't think they should take football's mentality and just be like, let's make all the money we can. Who cares if anybody gets Rona? Let's just roll with <laughs> no, it. No, we're like, oh, I But um, yeah, okay. Now on to our famous and all-knowing segments by everybody in the world. <laughs> the If You're Stupid segment. Um, I was going to skip this one because obviously you weren't here, uh, but there hasn't been much going on, obviously, because it's the it's kind of the middle of the offseason and there's there's not a whole lot going on. There's not trades actually happening yet. There's not um, the draft and stuff like that. But what and we always deal with hypotheticals on this. So what it would would be or is your if you're stupid pick? For this week or this episode, because we do two weeks. Oh, I need to think about this. So. Um, now I can give you some hypotheticals. Um, if the Hawks trade one of their uh, core, as in not not Trey Young, obviously, because they would never do that, but one of their core players outside of Trey Young to get a, a a Bradley Beal or someone else, that could be one of your picks. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of scenarios, which I would honestly go with if the Sixers trade um, Embiid. Hmm. Okay. You're going to go with I that? feel like then you're just leaving a team with just Simmons. Yeah, Basically, that's not good. That's not a good. <laughs> Simmons is actually a really good role player. That's basically a defensive slasher. He's honestly, he's not bad. It's just he can't shoot. You don't think and he can carry limits. No. Hmm. Hmm. I agree. Um. I I think he's not just a role player because he's an all NBA player. He's big time. But um. Yeah, I agree with you. He can't carry a team. He can't do the things that like a Giannis can do. Like um. I compare the 76ers to um like. Uh, their big brother being uh, the Bucks because <laughs> the Bucks have that um, two-star uh, like 
system and then they have their bench and their other players who are pretty good. Well, I'm not talking last season, but I'm talking the season before that, um, who are pretty good and they got a good bench. But um yeah, the I it would be like the the Bucks trading away um Middleton for like nobody. And <laughs> I think that's just stupid. So um yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh my pick would be um hmm i'm going to say if houston hires a um a first year coach i think that would be a very very dumb decision by them because (laughs) right now they are in such a vulnerable spot because they have a weird system that only mike d'antoni knew which is the small ball system and um if they bring in some like first year coach who who could like have been an assistant coach or G League or whatever, but he's getting lunged into this first year head coaching job into this weird, wacky, horrible system with Westbrook and Harden dealing with those egos on top of a weird small ball lineup and the pressure to make <laughs> the conference finals at least, that would just be a very, very stupid decision. Um I don't think they'll do it, but I don't know who else would work for them. Like Mike D'Antoni's probably, unless I am completely lost here, is probably going to go to the Thunder because those are the only two real big gaps in coaching, unless he just doesn't coach, um, which I doubt. Um, but Or he goes I, to be assistant somewhere. True, but I, I don't know why he wouldn't go to OKC. Like... <laughs> Yeah. I don't understand why he wouldn't go there. There's a good system there. Um, but anyway, uh, I just uh, I just don't see it working at all if they hire a first-year coach or if they get someone who's like a, a Steve Nash who's just never coached in his life. Um, I don't know who they could choose. I, I don't know all these coaching people. They could hire Stephen A. Um, <laughs> but like I, I don't know. So... Who knows? If they get sucked into that, they're just going to bomb like crazy. Yeah, um, it's not going to be good. We we went into Rumorville a little bit. for We went on a walk down to Rumorville. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll come back down to Rumorville, uh, what, Friday? Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. let, let's go on to Winter Bust. Um, we've done a, a, a crap ton of teams so far. Um we we have a lot to go though, so I want to I want to spitball you maybe two, and uh, see what you thought on it. Um, uh, uh, I kind of want to tie this into our next segment that I thought of. Uh, I want it to be um, 76ers with Doc, and um, if if they don't get rid of anybody, if they keep their core, which might probably happen. Um, and we've established that a win is going past the second round, second a win, round or further. Well, yes, it depends on the team, but um, a win is for them going past the second round, making it to the conference finals. The East is too tough. Like <laughs> I can see them making. Okay, it's tough because you got those teams, Miami. Boston, Toronto, yeah. and Milwaukee. The big core, yeah. You have to get past those. If you get past one of those, you'll make it to the conference finals. Yeah, you have to at least get Other past one that, of those. Other than that, 
Yeah. You had to get at least past one of those. And then you had to get past another one, potentially. Yeah. Well, that's to make it past the conference finals. Yeah. So So I hmm. don't I I can see them being a win, but I can also see them being a bust, but most likely a bust. Most likely a bust. You don't think they can beat anybody in that top four? I can kind of see them beating Toronto. Mm, interesting. I feel like Toronto had like a kind of a Cinderella season a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Where, okay, they just want to show everybody that they're better. They didn't mm-hmm. need Kawhi, which I think they're going to fall off a little bit because they'll lose Gasol and Ibaka. And... Yeah. Do you think they're going to lose Ibaka? Like, I don't know about that. That'll be interesting. That be... If they lose Ibaka, yeah, they're going to, they're not going to do well. They're going to fall off. He's a big opponent in their in their um offense and defense but um yeah i don't i don't see oh they're gonna lose van vliet most likely too true they they might not do good next season though <laughs> yeah i think that would be a reasonable if they lose van vliet and ibaka or one of the two that will be uh a, probably a good matchup for 76ers oh my gosh i'm an idiot i forgot about the nets too <laughs> oh no so it'll be even it's the well, big four is actually milwaukee yeah, Boston, Miami, and Brooklyn. Raptors are going to be a, a close fifth, but if they lose one of the two, they're going to be dropped down lower. Um, yeah, I don't see. Ooh, the Sixers now getting unless they could beat the Heat because I feel like the Heat did, but the Heat like seriously, that's why it's so hard. I think the Sixers are going to be a bust though. That's yeah, because I don't, I don't see like, like I was gonna say who's their kryptonite, but I think like every team in the top four or five is the kryptonite, <laughs> including Boston, obviously Boston, because we face them so many times. But um, yeah, I think every team can just beat them, and I don't think they can beat pretty much any of those teams reasonably. Like I'm talking a real hard. I guess them taking like a game or two, but like. No, I'm talking like if if they win a series against any of those top four teams, it's going to go to seven and it's going to be super duper close because there's yeah. no way they're going to beat any of those teams in six, five or four. It, that will be crazy, but they're not going to. I don't think they're going to do better next season than they were this season. And that's not good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, g- give me one for winter bust. All right. I'm going to give you. The Rockets. Any hypotheticals with that or just the Rockets? If they hire a veteran coach. Ooh. I don't know who, but whoever's out there who hasn't coached in a yeah. while. Yeah. Um I think they they are a uh, hmm. If they hire a veteran coach who can deal with or figure out the weirdness with Westbrook and Harden and probably keep that small ball, like not make anything, any big trades or anything. Well, obviously because the coach doesn't make trades, but um, you know what I mean? So if they, if they keep that core and they bring in a veteran who can deal with the egos, I think they are a win because they will probably make it to the, the the conference finals, but I don't think they're gonna pass. That's why I call them a win, but it's like an iffy win because they're they're not gonna get past just because the West is just better, 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 just passing better. the threshold of like oh that standard. Like they'll they'll barely make it into the 
conference finals. And then besides that, no, they're, they're done. So those are not a streaky team. So like, they're, they, I mean, they're like, they are consistent. They're, consistent. they're either consistently bad or consistently good. Yeah. They're consistently like, okay. Like, um, but yeah, um, I thought of a new segment that we could do and it's called, um, uh, the top 10 dive where we, uh, we, discuss the top 10 but i want to really really focus on like one team from that top 10 so um for the for the first time we're just gonna lay out the top 10 teams we think of in the entire nba and then um talk about one of them in depth and like i'm talking players coaches and the whole system that they'll run so um let's let's hear your uh top 10 if you have to look it up like look yeah, up the teams. Yeah, that's all looking for my phone, so I don't forget anybody. Uh, because you forgot that's what? What used... would you? Would you forget the jazz last time? <laughs> okay. okay, here we go. Uh, come on. Honestly, number one is going to be L.A. Okay. Number two, I'm gonna go with Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Number three, Golden State. Oh. Number four, Milwaukee. Number five, Boston. Uh, number six, LA. Number seven, Denver. Hmm. Number eight, Dallas. Did you forget about the Heat? Number nine, the Heat. Ooh. <laughs> Number 10, the last one I'm going to go with Indiana. Oh, breaking into that 10th spot. Interesting. Um, I'm going I'm to do my top 10, and then let's. I'm going to pick a team for us to, to dive into. So uh, number one, I'm going to go, obviously, Lakers. Um, that's an obvious one. Uh, two, I want to go with... Um, let's let's do uh milwaukee and we're just talking regular season um three i want to go with the clippers four nets five is boston um six is heat uh seven is i'm gonna say dallas um wait no no i'm gonna say nuggets eight is dallas uh nine there's a lot of teams i want to include um <laughs> i know that's why it's hard nine would be the jazz nine and ten are hard uh and then Golden ten State. Ah. Oh my <laughs> okay i'm gonna say golden state's like did i forget brooklyn seriously no, you didn't. No. Okay. Six, six Toronto. is eight, and then just push everybody down. So now I'm on 10. Um, 10 is really, really hard because I think the Pelicans can break 10, but they're not going to make Here's playoffs. my tie for 10. It was Houston, OKC, Utah, Indiana, and Toronto. Bruh. And Philadelphia. Like, yeah, my, I'm going to just say my ties. I'm not going to pick a 10. Uh, Pelicans, Grizzlies. Houston, uh, would I not pick Dallas? Um, Thunder, uh, I don't think the Blazers are going to get up there. Um, 
Philly, uh, uh, the Hawks, if they make some crazy trade, um, the Pacers, and that's it. I it, It's so hard to pick that 10th spot. But anyway, so the reason I bring this up, the top 10, is because I wanted to talk about um, who is like that team that like is going to be brand new and fresh. And I want to talk about the Nets. So we know the Nets uh, lineup and we know their, their um, system is um, so and that's kind of run um, since we haven't seen KD and Kyrie really uh, play together, like at all um, the, what they run is Karis Levert and um, uh, what's his name? I'm blank on his name right now, but Spencer um, Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. And them as the, it's like a two guard setup. It's kind of weird. It's um, it's DeAndre Jordan. It's uh, Jared Allen as backup center. It's it's a whole kind of mush. And then when Kyrie's playing, it's kind of a focus on that point guard, and then it all revolves around him. So it's it's a very weird setup that uh, it's going to change real drastically. Where it's going to be that traditional two star. Um, that two-star lineup that we see in a ton of uh, teams right now where um, it's going to be directly focused on KD and Kyrie. It's not going to be anything else. It's not going to be like a, it's not going to function like a full deep team. I don't think. Right. So um, that team did get the seventh seed, by the way, just they did there. So they, which is weird because <laughs> they're not yeah. good, but um, anyway, well, the East- is bad <laughs> true but the east is better because that's what that's where the bulls come in that's what i'm saying the bulls i think could have because of their hiring and because of them just getting better and better i think the bulls could have knocked out uh the nets and the mat or the magic if they had the their hiring then that they have now anyway the nets i think are uh i want you to talk about um their their setup and how this weirdness that Kyrie said um anybody can be the coach it's going to be I'm going to be the coach for a week KD's going to be a coach for a week Nash is going to be a coach for a week I, I wanted you to just discuss the weirdness of the Nets and how you think they're going to flow next year well I think they'll be fine it's just Kyrie isn't the smartest guy in that true he's not that smart honestly so I don't – this whole setup is going to run through Kyrie. Katie is the primary scorer, and Kyrie is the secondary scorer. Okay. Which I think they'll be actually be fine with that as long as they get other players involved. Do you think it's going to implode in essence that um, maybe Kyrie's kind of fed up with this not being primary? Because he's not the, He's not going to be the primary scorer. That's a, just a fact. But do you think he might get well, agitated by that? So you're saying is it going to blow up like the whole Cleveland situation? Because he he was the main proprietor of that Cleveland blowing up. Like he he caused that because of his issues with not being LeBron. With LeBron. <laughs> so do you think I feel that like he unless he he just needs to grow up and realize he's not the best player on the team? Yeah, because he he's the... he made this matchup. He made he brought KD. Like you call KD and say, hey, we're gonna. Do so this. I don't I don't necessarily see him doing it, but I think there's a high possibility of him getting angry at maybe KD for 
missing. I think like they'll go through year. a year of it, a year or two of it, but then as it goes on, he might get a little fed up. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see it next season, like you said, but um, if like, like if KD misses like a game winner or something like that, and Kyrie was open the whole time, like I think Kyrie's one of those players who's going to take that to heart <laughs> and really have an yeah. issue with that. Like, why didn't you pass it to me? I was wide open, even though he probably wasn't wide open, but in his mind, that kind of thing. So I don't like KD would just go out and play like he does not care. He will do what he needs to do to win so right i i think it's gonna i think it's gonna work i just don't i'm not sure on how long and i'm not sure on how far they'll go how far do you think they'll go in essence of conference finals or just the finals i think there'll be a team that makes the finals but doesn't win it do you think that's gonna be next year yes really you don't think it's gonna do you add the decent players they had last year that brought them to the playoffs yeah and then you add Katie and Curry. I feel like they can make the playoff. They'll make the finals. Hmm. Who, in terms of matchups on their way to the finals, who do you think they're gonna um, beat out? I'm not saying like to predict the standings, like yeah, um, like the final four, but I mean like who seventh seed. I think they would beat out um, probably Orlando. No, probably Chicago or one of those teams. No, no, no I mean like. Them. They're obviously going to beat out Chicago next season. I'm talking yeah. about next season. Like, who who are they going to not beat like out? In the the like in the Western Conference, uh, Eastern Conference Finals, and exactly like if they go up against Boston, um, let's lay, lay out this way. So I see who's going to the Conference Finals next season is Boston as a lock-in, um, Nets as a lock-in, and um, who else? Uh, Miami is a potential lock. Miami is a lock-in. And then um, Milwaukee, Milwaukee as a possible if he lock in. That's like my top four. So I think they could beat out Miami. I think they could beat out Milwaukee, Boston. They'll take the seven game series and beat out. Really? So you think? Yes. So you think Milwaukee and the Heat are going to be faster than seven games? I think the Milwaukee could. The Heat could stretch it to six or seven games. Really? Because I think because I think Milwaukee's just like they're not a playoff team. Yeah, they're a regular I, season team. Yeah, that I I totally agree with you on Milwaukee, but the Heat I see that as a seven game lock because like, yeah six seven game because no I'm not even talking six I'm talking seven because of the Heat being who they are and then just improving <laughs> like literally not doing anything but improving over the off season. I I think they will push them to seven games and probably really really be hard for the nets i think that's their hardest matchup just because of um there's uh if if they figure out how to um lock kd down like they lock Giannis down at uh last season like if they if bam can because kd is a really good scorer just because he's taller than everybody he could just shoot over anybody who's guarding him so if they can figure that out right then i think they will push him to seven games and probably win it or if they almost have like KD get locked down by Bam and Jimmy Butler locked down by Kyrie Irving. That could just... that would work. I think they could totally do that. And then their bench outscoring the the Nets bench. I see that happening because I think they have the they have the defense. Oh yeah, because you have Tyler Hero off the bench. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good bench. Second year Tyler Hero, and then you have Duncan Robinson. But 
in, in essence, we're talking benches and the other players besides Bam and Butler. But um, yeah. Duncan Robinson, Tyreek Hero, uh, Gordon Dragic, uh, it, the list just goes on. Andre Iguodala, uh, just more and more and it's more. Just, when yeah. the Nets, I see um, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Karis Silver. Uh, if they don't, if they don't get rid of Karis Silver, or um, I keep on forgetting his name. What's his name? Spencer um, Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. And that's that's it. Like who else? And Jared uh, Allen. Jared Allen, if he gets streaky and good, and then besides that, like I, I I don't know. So that's why I see that matchup as a really hard one because that and Boston, and that's it. Like I don't see, obviously, obviously not the Seventy Sixers, obviously not the Bucks, but um, yeah. I I think those are really big threats to them getting to the finals. So I I think you saying they will probably go to the finals is really dependent on who they face in the conference finals whether and i think i think it's going to be the heat or the celtics and i think they have a better chance at losing to the heat than they do the celtics sadly because the celtics are amazing best team in the nba you know blah 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 but um in the finals um which they will face the lakers if they go to the finals because who the lakers going to get beat by in the playoffs what what do you think the matchups are going to be in that I think like the like player matchups or like, like player matchups because it's gonna okay. be like AD and KD. That's gonna be interesting, yeah. AD right? KD AD KD. <laughs> That'll be crazy. Wow. Maybe LeBron on Kyrie. Like that's kind of iffy. Mm, I think it'll be unless Rondo. unless the Ooh. Rondo is a free agent. Ooh. If he signs. Um. If Derrick Rose gets traded to the Lakers, mm-hmm. he could guard Kyrie, maybe. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those iffy, like, oh, yeah. it's either good. Like, what, what is their fall through to where the Nets can gain an advantage? Like, I don't I don't know how they, they will... That's where Kyrie can actually expose. Like, yeah. like Kyrie could get some. He can get that's some where Kyrie buckets. would need to step up. But do you level. think he can step up enough to carry a team? Because he's, no. he's not going to be carrying. He's going to have KD. But if KD is locked down by Anthony Davis, which is a high possibility, and it, that's going to be a crazy battle. But outside of that battle, who, what team is going to be better? It's going to be LA. Right. So, like, I, I don't see how... Because then who do you have guarding LeBron? <laughs> exactly who do you have guarding the bench of the la anyway like they're just old and good they're not old but they're they're solid veterans who are good they got dwight howard who is shockingly good like so what are you going to do to that besides lose <laughs> and plus so, it's kind of hard to guard one of the, the best player in the nba yeah two the top two best players in the nba yeah <laughs> so it's it's very hard to lock that down so um yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Um, any more Nets talk that you want to talk about? Um, we still have yet um, to talk about coaching. We still have yet to talk about um, how that's going to work out with their players. And um, I think that's about it. I think they'll be fine with the coaching. Like, I don't – I think Kyrie is just weird. Yeah. Mm. But I think the coaching will be all right. Like Steve Nash is gonna be a good. He's a good developing coach. I feel like. Yes. I feel like he's gonna be a good developing coach. The thing I thought weird about the most recent recent coaching decision for the Nets was that Steve Nash added um, 
I think Amari Stoudemire to his assistant coaching list. And Amari Stoudemire played with Steve Nash, but he's he's adding him on to be like that person who can relate to the players. And a lot of people are talking about this, how um, they're, they're creating the system that is too focused on just relating and not focused enough on like actual coaching and making game plans and that kind of stuff. So if you have right. two of your main focuses just straight on relating to these superstars, who who's going to coach? Like, I, I don't understand. I don't see Steve Nash and Amari Sotomayor writing up um, game plans and doing all this on top of focus focusing on relationships. Like, um, right? They do have another assistant coach who is strict, who is strictly like game plan oriented, like focused on that kind of stuff which is good but do you think he's going to be able to carry the load of the actual coaching aspect of it? or do you think steve nash is going to come out and be a crazy good coach I feel like steve nash could do that he i feel like he has enough basketball knowledge he'll be able to do that yeah with the developing and the coaching I feel like I, yeah i see he could totally do that i just don't know if he will but i'm i'm sure he does have that crazy basketball knowledge like he he can do it it's just it's an it's a uh, question if he can and if he will so um yeah very interesting and i i think um i want to do this like every episode to where we go really in detail on the matchups and stuff about each team and of the top 10 or our top 10s okay. so um yeah keep this going uh i need to write down that we already did the nets because i'll forget um <laughs> uh but yes this has been the seventh episode of the Double Dribbling Podcast. Started out as a solo episode, ended up in a normal, amazing duo. Um, yeah, good stuff. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Finally, had me talking to myself for 10 minutes. But um, okay, yeah. interested to see how that planned out. Yeah, <laughs> you'll see. You got to listen. Think, oh my gosh. Um, hit hit us up on twitter as usual um we we didn't shout out our own twitters at the beginning which is my fault um i am uh i almost said your twitter handle again uh, i'm knox at knox thoughts on twitter austin is at that sports guy 79 um also on twitter uh yeah hit us up uh support us on spotify uh, google podcasts whatever you listen on i've seen some weird uh apps that you guys use <laughs> And I, I don't know even know what they are. So keep on listening on whatever you're listening on. Uh, support us any way you can just by listening or by giving us that smooth green money. Um, yeah. And just shout us out if you want us to talk about your team or talk about a certain topic. We go all philosophical on you guys if you want us to go really deep into a team, which is what we're doing right now. And um yeah, stay tuned for our great segments and what we talk about next time on the Double Dribbling Podcast. McKay. Drop.